to the Mind Your Hormones podcast. My name's Corinne, and I'm a board-certified holistic nutritionist who went from no period from mismanaged PCOS to a regular one. Now, I'm obsessed with helping you get hormonally balanced and emotionally aligned. This podcast is all about education, empowerment, real talk, and simple strategies you could start today to find inner peace and overall well-being. I am so excited to be here with you to chat about all things health, hormones, and mindset. Are you ready? Let's get it. What is poppin'? Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Mind Your Hormones. I'm so excited to chat with you today. I cannot wait to get into this topic because this is something that I get a lot of questions about that so many of my clients come to me. Actually, a lot of my clients that actually invest in working with me one-on-one or in the Mind Your Hormones method or any other program I'm running is because of this exact reason of having low progesterone levels. Because this is, low progesterone levels is the reason why you might be experiencing experiencing PMS, painful periods, heavy periods, irregular periods, not being able to conceive, not being able to hold on to a pregnancy, all of these things that so many of my clients are dealing with prior to obviously working with me, then we get that shit under control. But I really want to have this conversation because a lot of times people will say like, Corinne, I am ovulating, but my progesterone is still low. Like, is that possible? And absolutely, you can absolutely have low progesterone levels, even if you're ovulating. So before we get into that, let's just get on the same page in case maybe you're new to the podcast or you just need a little refresher. So progesterone is a sex hormone that our body makes from ovulation. That is how our body makes progesterone. When we ovulate, our body creates progesterone. And progesterone is a sex hormone that is essential for literally every area of our life, but it is the hormone that's needed to hold onto and nourish a pregnancy. It also is needed to support our metabolism, excuse me, our metabolism, our thyroid, our hair, our skin, our nails, our bones. It helps prevent endometrial cancer. It helps prevent osteoporosis, helps prevent heart disease in our menopausal years. It is so freaking important. It helps our stress levels. It helps our sleep. Having low progesterone levels is the reason why people experience PMS. It's not like PMS is this mystery, like, oh my God, why am I experiencing painful cramps? Or why am I experiencing all these mood swings? Or why uh, is this is this happening? It's not a mystery. It's the direct result of having low progesterone in relation to our estrogen levels. So it's really awesome to know because it's like, okay, so I know the reason. Now let's just work on getting those progesterone levels up and, and knowing actually how to do that and how to do that in a sustainable way, which is, of course, what I talk about with you all the time and in depth with my clients. So let's just go through. I want to talk to you first about what a healthy cycle looks like in all the phases, follicular, ovulation, luteal, menstruation, because you might be ovulating, but that doesn't mean that you're producing sufficient amounts of progesterone. Because yes, we want to be ovulating. Even if you don't want to get pregnant, we need to be ovulating so we do produce progesterone, which is why when my gynecologist told me when I went there with no period for full two years, and then the decade before that, I would get it like a couple times a year, my gynecologist was like, okay, are you looking to get pregnant right now? I was like, no, 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 not at all. I was, you know, young 20s. And not that that matters, but at the time I just wasn't interested in getting pregnant. And my doctor said, okay, it's fine. You only need three to four periods a year. So you're good. I was like, okay, so we like high five myself. I'm like, I got this three periods a year. No big deal. But what I didn't know, because he didn't tell me, and clearly he didn't think know the importance of it, is that if we're not ovulating, even if we don't want to get pregnant, we're not 
producing progesterone consistently, which means we're not supporting our bones, our metabolism, our thyroid, our stress response, our sleep, our postmenopausal years. Like it is so, so, so essential. So whether you want to get pregnant or not, this episode is for you and progesterone is for you. So that is what we're talking about. Okay. We're going to be talking about all the different phases and what's happening. So Oh, wait, did I? Oh, yeah, I already, I'm like, wait, I got off track. I went on a tangent. I don't even remember where I was, but we're just going to get right to it. So a healthy cycle includes sufficient estrogen production in the follicular phase, right? We have four phases to our cycle, the follicular, the ovulatory, which is what when we produce progesterone, the luteal, and the menstrual phase. Now, all of these phases are required. A healthy phase is required for you to have healthy progesterone levels. It's not just the act of ovulation. So a healthy cycle includes producing sufficient amounts of estrogen in the follicular phase. And the follicular phase is the phase that happens right after your period ends. And this is a very variable phase with the amount, with the length of time that it is because everybody ovulates on a different day. So the length of my follicular phase is going to be different from yours, could be different from your friends, your sisters, your cousins, whoever. Okay. So, but in a healthy cycle, we need to have sufficient estrogen production in that follicular phase. And the reason why is because we want strong and healthy follicles to be produced that will then trigger strong ovulation. And in order to create strong and healthy follicles, and a follicle is just the sac that holds the egg, okay? Like, right, that, like we have an egg inside of a sac, that's called a follicle. And we want strong and healthy follicles in order to then trigger strong ovulation. And in order to have a strong and healthy follicle, we need sufficient estrogen production. And the reason why we want strong and healthy follicles to trigger strong ovulation is because that is going to, number one, it's going to create healthy cervical mucus production for fertility purposes, right? So I did a whole podcast episode on cervical mucus. I'll link it below. But cervical mucus is the only way that we can actually get pregnant because cervical mucus is what allows the sperm to stay alive. It creates the perfect environment, the perfect pH level for sperm to stay alive. It literally captures the sperm and travels like to the to the egg it, it allows that fertilization to happen and it, it also holds on to sperm for up to five days so that you know whether you have sex on a monday and you don't ovulate till that wednesday you could still get pregnant because the cervical mucus is holding on to that sperm so having sufficient estrogen production in that follicular phase is not only going to create strong and healthy follicles that's going to trigger a strong ovulation but it's also going to help you create healthy cervical mucus production which is essential if you are someone who is trying to conceive, when you see cervical mucus present, again, go listen to the cervical mucus episode I did if you haven't already, but that is the time that you want to have sex, okay? Because that is what is letting you know that you're approaching ovulation and that you are fertile, okay? So follicular development in that pre-ovulatory phase, in the follicular phase, this is going to, when we have really healthy levels of estrogen and we produce these healthy, strong follicles and we trigger a strong ovulation, this is going to lead to you not having any PMS or having very mild PMS. This is going to lead to you having not a lot of cervical mucus in your luteal phase because we're not meant to have a lot of cervical mucus in your luteal phase. This is going to lead to you not spotting before your period and just getting your period. That is, it's so important that we have the sufficient estrogen production in our follicular phase for all of these reasons. And this estrogen production and healthy follicular development in the follicular phase is going to is going to create that strong ovulation which we talked about which is then going to create a healthy corpus luteum development to produce sufficient amounts of progesterone. So let me back that up if you're like Corinne, what the hell is a corpus luteum? 
I got you, okay? Like I talked about, a follicle is the sac that holds the egg. And estrogen is what's going to help produce that healthy follicle that is going to trigger strong ovulation, right? So when we ha- when we ovulate, that follicle bursts, the egg is then released. The egg is now outside of that sac and that sac is now bursted open and that sac turns into something called the corpus luteum, which is the like I don't want what do you want to call it, the item, the thing in your body that is producing progesterone levels. So once the follicle bursts, the egg is released from ovulation, that leftover follicle turns into the corpus luteum, which produces progesterone levels. So in order to produce sufficient amounts of progesterone, we have to have a healthy follicular development in that follicular phase to create strong ovulation, to then create a healthy corpus luteum, to then have producing sufficient amounts of progesterone, which is required for you to have a healthy pregnancy, to actually get pregnant, to hold onto pregnancy, and to have an awesome stellar period without any PMS, without any pain, without any cramping, without any of that, okay? So if you're someone who's charting and you're paying attention to the phases of your cycle, here's what this could look like. You have your period, right? You have your period. It comes and it goes. It's about three to seven days long. You have minimal cramping, if any. You experience a little bit of bloating. You have a little bit lower energy levels, but you're good to go. It comes and goes. You're like, okay, great. That's that's it. Let's move on. Then cervical mucus-wise, you have a few dry days after your period. You're not really going to notice any cervical mucus because your hormone levels are still low coming off of your period. That is totally normal. It's meant to be like that. Then after a few dry days after your period, you'll have about five to seven days of cervical mucus leading up to ovulation. And this is going to look different for everybody. Not everyone's going to have exactly five to seven days. Every single person's cycle is different. Some people will experience more cervical mucus than others. It depends on your estrogen production. It just depends on you specifically. So these are just ranges, okay? This is what it could look like if you are charting and kind of like a textbook example of it. So you have your period, you have a few dry days, you have about five to seven days of cervical mucus leading up to ovulation. And then you'll experience at least one day of raw egg white consistency cervical mucus. This is the cervical mucus that you know that is like, okay, it is go time if you want to get pregnant or it is wrap that shit up time if you don't want to get pregnant. Because this is letting you know that you are approaching ovulation in the next couple of days. So you are the most fertile when you see that raw egg white consistency. Now, some people will experience this raw egg white consistency and not actually ovulate. A lot of people have PCOS. This happens because your body is trying to ovulate and it's getting to a certain point, but then it's not actually being triggered. So that's why it's really important to not only track your cervical mucus, but also your basal body temperature to fully confirm ovulation. I have a whole nother podcast episode on that. I'm not going to get into that right now, but I'll link it below if you missed it. Okay. So you have about at least one day of raw egg white consistency cervical mucus throughout the day. Then you ovulate after ovulation, your cervical mucus is meant to stop and then you have dry days. If you have those healthy levels of progesterone, your cervical mucus will stop and you will notice that it will be pretty dry after ovulation leading up to your period and then your period will happen. If you have low progesterone levels, then you might experience more cervical mucus 
in that luteal phase. And the luteal phase is the 10 to 14 days before your period. And a healthy luteal phase is 12 to 14 days long after ovulation. If your luteal phase is less than that, if you have a short luteal phase or of 11 days or less, you know that your progesterone levels are too low. So a lot of people will ask like, oh, should I get a blood test done to see if my progesterone levels are low? You absolutely can. But if you have these things, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a couple signs of, um, if your progesterone levels are too low. If it looks like what I'm about to say, we know your progesterone levels are low with or without a blood test. So that's just, just going to throw that out there. So when progesterone levels are too low, it could look like that short luteal phase, which is 11 days or less. You can have that pre-menstrual spotting, like where you're spotting a little bit and then you get your period or even spotting after ovulation. Some people spot from ovulation all the way to until they get their period. That is a definite sign of low progesterone levels. Um, even moderate to severe PMS or even PMDD, that's a sign of low progesterone levels. Anxiety, depression, cravings, specifically carbohydrate cravings, bloating, uh, and having cervical mucus present in that luteal phase. These are all signs of low progesterone levels. And again, you can ovulate and still have low progesterone levels if we didn't have those sufficient estrogen production in the follicular phase that created that strong and healthy follicle that then triggers a strong ovulation so that you have a strong corpus luteum, which again is just the empty follicle without the egg in it anymore that now produces progesterone. So we need all of these things to happen in order to have healthy progesterone levels. And I've done other podcast episodes on um, symptoms of low progesterone and ways to um, boost it up. So I'll link those below too. But I'm going to talk about a couple other ways that I didn't talk about in those in that episode of how you can support your progesterone levels. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, uh, my luteal phase is less than 11 days. I have the cervical mucus in my luteal phase. I have spotting. I have PMS. Like I have these cravings. Like you know that your um, progesterone levels are low. Maybe you even got a blood test done and saw that it was low. Here are some things that you could do to actually support that because it is really, really important for you to feel your best during your period and for you to conceive. And right now, the time of you listening to this, my husband and I are currently on our honeymoon. We recently got married. It was so amazing. And I have been prepping my body for pregnancy for the last like three months now because we're going to start trying within the next like few months. So this is very top of mind for me, especially being someone who does have PCOS. Low progesterone is for sure something that I have experienced in the past and I do experience from time to time, specifically, again, from my PCOS. So it's something I really have to be conscious of. So that is why it's also top of mind for me to talk about this with you. And I know that so many of you ask about this. So I really wanted to make sure that I did another episode on it. So ways you could that you could support these progesterone levels if they are low, even if you're ovulating, right? If you're not ovulating, that's a whole nother conversation that we really need to make sure that you actually stimulate your ovulation because I was someone that wasn't ovulating for literally years, decades, and I didn't have a period for a full two years. And before that, like I said before, decades without a regular period. So if that is you right now, I'm not going to go into that in this moment. Obviously, I have podcast episodes you can listen to, but if you really want to actually like get down to it, that's what the Mind Your Hormones Method is for. So check the show notes for how you can hop into that. It's fire. I've helped so many people get their period back with this method. I did it myself in my personal body, and now I've helped so many other people do it. Get pregnant, get their period regulated, like all the things. So just check the show notes for more information on that. I would be so excited to support you in that. So anyway, ways to support your progesterone levels. 
minimal light at night is really, really, really effective at supporting your progesterone levels because it affects our melatonin levels, which affects our progesterone levels. So if we are on our screens late at night, if we have lights on all the time, if we're on our phones from the moment we wake up to the moment that we are literally going to bed at night, this is going to lower our melatonin levels, which is going to negatively impact our progesterone levels. So something that's super simple that you could do is to minimize your light exposure at night. Get blue light blocking glasses, dim the lights at night, have candles on as much as possible, limit your screens at the end of the night, especially the hour or you know, ideally an hour before bed, even more than that if you can, um, but at least 30 minutes before bed, like really making sure that even if you have your blue light blocking glasses on, it is still really important to limit that screen time before bed and make sure that you are sleeping in a dark room. Like have shades that are really going to block out any street lights or don't have really um, like a clock that's really bright. Like you want to make sure that your room is as dark as possible because it is really going to support your progesterone levels, which is so cool because I love talking to you about strategies that have nothing to do with food that really, really support your progesterone levels. So that is one thing you could do. Another thing you could do is something we do talk about on this podcast all the time, but I never, I don't know if I've ever connected it to you with supporting your progesterone levels, but it's having a protein, a fiber, and a healthy fat at every single meal. These, this is of course going to support your blood sugar, which is going to support every single area of your body, including your progesterone levels. So those are two things that you can focus on right now if you know that you are someone who has low progesterone levels. And then go check out the other episode that I did um, with it. It was a two-part episode. It'll be linked in the show notes where you can listen to some other tips that I gave you about supporting your progesterone levels. But this is a journey and this is going to change because stress levels deplete us of progesterone, uh, which again, so many people are like, I'm doing everything nutritionally. I'm, I'm taking my supplements. I'm eating perfect doing all these things and I'm still not ovulating or I still don't have healthy progesterone levels. And I'm like, well, how's your stress? Like, I'm good. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm like, are you though? Like, let's really take a look at that. Okay. So, um, yeah, I hope this was helpful for you. I really just wanted to paint a picture for you of how every single phase really does build up upon each other. And that just because you're ovulating, which amazing, if you're ovulating, like, yes, let's go. We just have a little bit to improve then if you are ovulating, but you just have low progesterone levels. But just because you're ovulating doesn't mean that you are producing sufficient amounts of progesterone to hold on to a pregnancy, to nourish a pregnancy, to have a healthy period, right? So it's it's just going that you know, further step to make sure that we are getting the most out of our ovulation as possible. So I hope that I painted that picture well for you and that you understand it on, you know, a level where you're like, okay, I get what's going on every phase of my cycle. I get what I can do now to support my progesterone levels. And, you know, I, I just think it's really cool to know what's actually happening in our bodies because we were never taught this information. This is another reason why I'm so passionate about the mind your hormones method because we literally never learned this. We never learned about the cycle phases. We never learned what's actually happening in our body. We never learned what will support our progesterone levels, what will support our ovulation, why it's even important, how we can do simple things like eliminating light at night, like having a protein fiber and healthy fat in every single meal. Like we didn't learn this stuff. So I'm so grateful that I went through so many years without a period and 
so many years struggling with PCOS and doing all the things that I did to go back to school, to learn all about this. So I can then create curriculums and this podcast to teach it to you so that we can thrive together. We can lift each other up. We can empower ourselves to be the healthiest version of ourselves that we possibly can. So we can change the generational future of women's health. Like that is the mind your hormones mission because we don't need to have another generation who grew up not knowing shit like this. And we also can't wait until school systems change their education, until the education system changes what they're teaching or until doctors get educated on this. Like we can't wait for that. We have to educate ourselves. We have to know what's happening, not only for us, but for the next generation coming up behind us, because we are the ones that are going to set the tone for that. So That's a whole other tangent. I'm not going to get into that right now, but I love you. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. I hope this podcast was helpful for you. I would love to hear your feedback. I always love hearing from you, what resonated with you, what hit home, what you want to hear more of. I am creating this podcast for us, for you, and for me, and you giving me feedback is super, super helpful in creating content that you actually love. So I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much for being here, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for being here. If you loved this episode and learned something valuable, please share it with a friend who you think would also love it or post it on social media and tag me so I could personally say thank you for helping me spread this important message. I am beyond grateful to be here with you. So until next time, stay intentional, stay consistent, and always mind your hormones.